This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Take No Shh. For tonight's episode, first off, before I begin, I just want to say it's good to be back. I know it's been about a month since I've uh, recorded one. And so for tonight's guest, since we're back, we got a band, the Mariguanas. There's about five members. We actually only have two with us right now. Nick Abushabi. Yo. Derek Moss. Hey. And let me make, let me, uh, make sure I got the other uh, three members right. Scott McCann, who's unfortunately sick. Joey. Who yeah, is yeah. the drummer, and his last name is Maltese. Maltese. Maltese, and then there's Gabe Slade. No, Jacob I, Slade. Jacob Slade. Yeah, I'm, uh, we just call him too, Slade. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you guys started your band in what freshman year of college? Sophomore, actually. Sophomore year. So yeah. 2015. It's 2018. Three years going strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Oh yeah. How did that? Uh, how did that all start for you guys? The band. Um. That so we're thing. actually. Um, it was a class, an ensemble credit at uh, our school. We go to SUNY Oneonta, and we're music industry students there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an ensemble you could sign up for. It's called Rock Combo. And it's um, basically you, um, they, everyone who signs up, they break you up into different uh, rock bands, like cover, cover bands. Um, so I had signed up, and I knew Scott beforehand from high school. And I knew he played guitar. Shout out Trevor High School. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how the band started. Um, and then made some adjustments well, here on after that. Well, you guys you guys met Gabe, right? At yeah. school, right? So you already had the three of you. So yeah, so like, Gabe, Gabe was our first bass player. And he player. was going to be playing drums, though, right? When you first yeah, he was going to be the drummer. Gabe was... Um, one of my uh, friends from freshman year, mm-hmm. and um, we we decided we would do the rock combo thing together. And then we knew Scott was doing it, so like, all right, let's us three, like, let's be a band. Mm-hmm. And then two days two days prior to the first meetup for the rock combo was um, I auditioned for the school's like jazz funk fusion group, and um, I showed up to the audition and. Um, just all prepared, all orderly. Yeah, Got we your guitar we all like tuned up. Yeah, we had um, we had to prepare. Stevie Wonder's "Superstition" was the one thing that it said on the flyer, and they they were auditioning singers, guitarists, bass, drums, yeah, horns, whole shebang. Yeah, and it's like it's it's a kind of prestigious um, ensemble because it's run by Jeremy Wall, who's one of the professors at our school, and he was a, he was the founding keyboard player of Spyro Gyra. Um, so I was, I was pretty nervous, but excited. And, um, it's like, we're like 15 minutes into the audition. He's just calling different guitarists up, different bass players. People are just swapping, like, let's get you on the microphone. Let's like get, uh, you on the drum kit. And then, um, 15 minutes into that in walks Nick Abushadi and he just sits down next to me waiting to get called. He's like, yo. Is this the funk band audition? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like, tight, tight. Um, what song are we doing? I'm like, 
It's Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I was like, word, word. He's like, awesome. sick. I, I think I know that. Like, <laughs> to, to be honest, dude, I, I'm a little fucked up right now. Uh, this was like super last minute. Like my, my homie just told me to come to this. So I was like, all right. And then um, I I got called up, uh, played it. I remember I really liked I really liked the solo. You yeah, played. I was like this kid this kid's playing like the right notes where I want them to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, yeah, I already fucked with you. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> low key. So he said that to me, and then and then uh, the professor, all right, you um who just walked in late, hop on the microphone, and Nick s- sang um superstition. superstition. I was like. That was fucking sick, dude. Yeah, like, nah, I killed that shit. Nice pipes. <laughs> nice pipes, dude. Yeah, and um, and then Nick's like, "All right, um, I I gotta go, but can you just like email me if I got into the band?" <laughs> so where'd you like go after the audition? Like, if you were dude, just booking so, it out of there, like, what were you at some party? So wait, keeping some girl waiting? Uh, so I was I was in the dorms with my homies, and then like we were like pre gaming, like you know, the early pre gaming for college. Gotcha. <laughs> Pre-game to just go out, and I remember... remember, It was was rush week. Yeah, and I was getting ready to go out, and I remember that I'd seen, like, a poster, a flyer that said (coughs) audition for the the funk band or funk jazz band, and I was just like, oh, I can sing Stevie Wonder, like, fuck it. And then, um, (laughs) yeah, so my whole... It was very last minute. It was, like, that day I just decided to go, and then uh, I was already turned up, and I just, (laughs) you know, went to the audition, did my thing, and then... And just left, and uh, I went out afterwards. I don't remember anything about that night. Yeah. All right. But uh, <laughs> we didn't make it. Yeah, to neither, the, one, to neither the one, funk one of us band. made it, and it was it was for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the funk band wasn't really your guys' speed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I got into it the next year. Yeah, and I didn't try it. Again. But um, so so then um, two days later at the, the first rock combo meeting, I saw Nick, and I was like, Yo, dude, like. So I'm guessing he didn't get into the funk band either. And he's like, nah. Um, like, do you, do you have a band for this? And he's like, nah. I'm like, yo, m- meet my homies, Gabe and Scott. Um, yo, so wait, let me, let me give you some of my perspective from this part. Because I was like, I remember I'm walking to Rock Combo. And I'm like about to go in. And I see you guys, the three of you outside the classroom. And you said exactly what you just said. Like, do you want to, like, join us? And there's this split second where I was like... You know, like, I don't know, like, these guys, I don't know if they're good or not. You know, I'd, maybe I'd be better just going to the class and just letting it be random, being put into a random band. And, who knows uh, what hap- would have happened then? Who knows? I, it wouldn't be the Maragonas. So instead <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. So then I sat down. We all sat down together. So it was four of us. Yeah. We already have four people. We were pretty much looking for a bassist, right? Cause yeah, Gabe, yeah. Because Gabe was going to be Gabe and drums, me on vocals. And they guitars. had... um. They had too many people sign up for, too many people signed up for drummer drumming and not enough people for bass. I remember they gave us some weird kid named Warren. Yeah, who dropped the class immediately. And so then they gave us another. They gave us two drummers and no bass players. They gave so us another like, singer too. So we had eight nice. people when it started. Um, and Joey, they just threw at us. He was like the last. He was literally the last person to be <laughs> last put into person, a band. And I remember the prof- the professors like. All right, guys, I know none of you guys want two drummers in your band, but, like, oh. you got to do it. And um, I just, uh, he locked eyes with one of the people in our band. He was like, it's going to you guys. I'm like, all right. And, like, thanks, <laughs> going to you thank guys. God yeah, right? we got Joey. Thank God we got so, Joey. So Joey was the was drummer. Like, I'm going to settle for him. And I was like, yeah, we got him. <laughs> Joey, Joey 
was the second drummer. So what we did that semester is when um, Gabe would drum half the set, and then the other half of the set that Joey was drumming, Gabe would play the bass. And then when Gabe was drumming, I would play the bass. So we did that for a semester, and then... Um, we had three guitarists at a time, too. Yeah. We had another guitarist. That sounds a little hectic. It was, it was yeah, it was an ensemble. Yeah, it was, um, it was okay. a lot. But it was cool, like... I, the first thing I noticed, like, the first time we had to re- rehearse was just that everyone was very talented. Like, we had to learn a few songs, and everyone just, like, had it down. Like, no questions mm-hmm. asked. And, and um, so that was pretty cool. I was like, these guys are actually kind of talented. We, uh, <laughs> we played some some Sublime and some Arctic Monkeys and some Rage Against the Machine, like, right. like nobody's business. Yeah. And uh, everyone... Red Hot really Shirt liked Peppers. it, and then uh, and then the semester ended, and we were like, "Well, I don't want to stop this. This was, I think we were really good." Mm-hmm. Nick, I know you you write some original music. Like, why don't we why don't we try to meet up and like write something? Well, there's there's a period though. There's a break there because like I remember it ended, and my my whole mindset was like, "All right, now I'm gonna try and form a band to play my original music with." And so I started to form, like, a completely different band. I was playing with, like, literally all all seniors who were about to graduate and, like... I didn't even know playing, that. Yeah, playing you, you didn't stuff. know it was uh, Chianotti? Slut. Well, no, but you guys were playing without me. You guys were playing with Ooh. some other singer or something. Weren't you guys jamming for, like, a solid There's like, no other singer. So no one ever Yeah, but we, Jamming's yeah, one jamming. thing. Like, jam- yeah, jamming. Jamming's. But you guys were still jam- meeting Jamming's up. going to the bar. You guys were still meeting, meeting up. some girls. And, and playing. <laughs> exactly. Guys, yeah. What that <laughs> not seeing anyone. Right. Not seeing anyone. Just, it was just a text. <laughs> All right. So anyways, the people that I met helped me like kind of work my way and get some more connections. And so then like, perfect um, your craft. Exactly. Exactly. It, it just kind of, I needed that time on my own. And uh, um, yeah, and then I just remember that that band just didn't work out because they were all about to graduate mm-hmm. and they were like, you, we can't really commit to this right now. And then I just like hit up Derek, I think, maybe like ran into Scott, maybe ran into Gabe and I was like, yo, let's get the band together. And like, I remember I saw you and you were like, yeah, we're jamming uh, this week or something on whatever night, it's come come through. Mm-hmm. Was that like a big thing, like just jamming, like without throughout the music industry? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty heavy scene there. Yeah, like everyone would just kind of be hanging out, like, oh, let's just go jam, yeah. do some stuff. And everyone having study sessions. You know, yeah, a lot of our friends are like really savvy at um, improv music yeah. too, which we're really, very, really very fortunate. Talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I just remember I showed up, and it was just the the five of us who started the actual band, and we literally and well, Joey too. That, um, yeah, so I mean, oh, yeah, 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 but it was like Gabe was there instead mm-hmm. of Slade. Um, and uh, we wrote our first song, yeah, and that and, was and Banger all along, all along, all actually, along. yeah. Okay, we actually wrote something before that that was not that good, and I don't remember how it goes, but we never finished we it, we never finished so, it. And then we wrote all it. along, if you can't remember it, then it's probably yeah, not that good, it doesn't even exist. It's mm-hmm. a voice memo on forget my it. phone, forget it, it's that. a voice memo on my phone, yeah, yeah we got a lot of those. <clears throat> so I was actually on your uh, guy's Spotify bio today. Oh, I was looking at the uh, what you guys were saying. God this knows one what it quote. says there. Yeah, this one quote from it was, uh, the band's primary goal is to inspire people to come together and live life to the fullest. Mm. So how do you guys, like, what does that mean to the two of you, and how do you think you exemplify that in your music? Sounds like, like some uh, kind of, like, dirty heads-esque type of... I like that question. Of, 
It's your it's your line. You wrote that. Did I? Yeah. You're right. <clears throat> well, just passing off to you. He's like, I can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, that just means that, um, like, I'm very passionate about making music. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my favorite thing to do in yeah. the whole world, and I think music has an incredible capability to um, change how people feel. And by changing how people feel, you can change how they live and how they act. Um, so ultimately, like, I see music as, like, a tool or, like, a conduit for me to kind of relay that message of, of positivity and, and, like, connecting with each other. Like, we're all one. We're all in this together. Um, and, like, I just want other people to see how much fun we're having, like, living in our passion and doing what we love to do and be like, oh, like, I can do what I love to do, too. I can create uh, a living or a beautiful life for myself doing what I love, living my life to the fullest. So mm-hmm. that's what I say. Okay. Way it sets you free, then. Yeah. Nice, nice. Do whatever sets you free. Yeah, gotcha. So where were, like, uh, were a lot of influences that helped you create that philosophy? And for you, too, mm-hmm. Derek. I know um, me and you talked once about uh, one of your professors, Mark Puckett. Mark Park, Park. Uh, Parkhead. 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 Yeah. My really great. Yeah. We had uh, a lot of a lot of great teachers that really cared. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe Pinata. Um, uh, Let's hear. Parkhead was my guitar instructor, so I studied one on one with him. Um, the the instrument of the guitar. Um, and he turned me on to a lot of good artists. He taught me a lot of things on the guitar that I wouldn't have learned elsewhere. Um, and he also booked for the venue that we play at very frequently in town. Um, and he's a vi- a big uh, resource in um, the livelihood of the music community that we have in Oneonta. Um, he's, a, he's a major factor. Yeah. Um, influences, um, like musical influences for us. Mm-hmm. Um. Say, um, for me, for me and Joey, really Red Hot Chili Peppers-esque, um, a lot of times I'll do, like, a very little small detail on the guitar, and Joey will be like, I know, that's from that live take of... Yeah, he's always... Mm-hmm. He's of always Give It Away or something. stuff you do like that. Um, yeah, I think our, our sound... It, it was because I saw... I saw the Chili Peppers play at um, MSG um, when we like formed our band and got really serious about our band. That's it was really like, inspiring. Yeah, that's what I wanted to. And um, I think I kind of like forgot how important they were um, impactfully on me as a guitarist and a musician. Um, and I, I kind of like rediscovered them um, junior year of college. Um, and their their message and attitude is very similar to ours. P- people tell us a lot of the times that they see a lot of Chili Peppers yeah. in us. See yeah. what I saw when I like, what I heard when I heard you guys is like you sounded a lot like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But then the rest of your bands it had like this really kind of gritty garage gritty garage band sound to it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a Radio Moscow, like an older uh, Black Black Keys. I was about to say Black mm-hmm. Eyed Peas, <laughs> like the Black Keys, like uh, Dude, Rubber Black, Factory. You know, I'm talking shout about out Black Eyed Peas. Shout out. They came out with a new song, actually. Did they? Yeah, I didn't listen to it. It might be really the good. The Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's huh. a new set of Bar Mitzvahs coming out, so they got to. 
they gotta they gotta show up for it. Um, I think the black keys the black <laughs> keys sound is is a lot of Scott. Scott's really influenced uh, yeah. by blues music. Um, and I know he's a huge Black Keys fan. Yeah, yeah it's, I remember when I saw me and him were talking about that a lot. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're kind of weird because like, I feel like everyone in the group has their own very specific influences. Yeah. and then there's like a bunch of bands that are common. So like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Arctic Monkeys, um, like Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. Right? Well, I'm, I'm trying to just mention like the all around the band, like the whole band. Oh, uh, Kendrick Lamar influences you guys. Yeah, definitely. I'm just interested to hear that because, you know, he's a rapper. You guys are rockers. Yeah. So we always we always want to kind of say that our genre isn't rock and roll. Like it's really a fusion of of rock and hip hop and and reggae and funk and soul. You see, I really hear that in your song Cloud compared to like, say, a song like Banger. Mm -hmm. You know, Cloud is a very mellow kind of chill beat, like more Californian. Then you yeah. got Banger sounds more kind of like East Coast. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Lately, um, when I've been filling out um, submissions for our music or whatever, I've been saying, for like for genre, I've been saying alt-rock with a hip-hop influence yeah. or indie alt-rock mm. with hip-hop. Because um, we're trying to pave a new sound. Also. Yeah. I really, I really Nick, feel that. Because Nick's a rapper and a singer. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> And then and then when when uh, <laughs> I, rap. I rap. When Slade joined our band, he's he's a rapper too. Yeah. And a huge great producer too. Hip hop producer bassist. too. Yeah. Um Yeah, so our our influences are really really all all over the place, man. Like uh and it all kind of just feeds in. Yeah, and like rates. a hu- huge influence on me, which um comes out through the band. I guess they're doing construction here. I guess so, yeah. It sounded like a power drill. Um, <laughs> it's maybe a toothbrush, who knows? Maybe a toothbrush. <laughs> super, super toothbrush. Um, mm-hmm. A huge influence for me are, um, <laughs> like, a lot of electronic acts and DJs, actually, like um, Skrillex and Porter Robinson. Would I, like, bring their oh, I remember influence? remember you used to be, like, a DJ. I forgot Yeah, about so that. I was... DJ Demos. Yeah. Demos is So in, in high school <laughs> and the first year or two of college, that was, like... That was my niche. Like that would. Uh, that's what I was trying to pursue. Was like DJing so and producing. Too. Yeah, and um, and I think um, once I joined this band, I was like, I came up with this idea. Like, what? What if like a band played a live show as if it was a DJ set, where it was like a lot of mashups and medleys and transitions, as if a DJ would do. Like, if you're going to see a Skrillex show, it's the music never stops, and each song flows into each other. And he he's playing he's playing popular songs mixed with his own songs. Mm-hmm. So what what if a band was going to do that? And um, we tried that, and the reaction was incredible. Like yeah, what uh, what songs did you try that on, or what sets? Um, I every mean, every I show like we every, play. Every show, it's like we've figured out how to fuse our, our songs um, together awesome. with with other covers and. I could pull up some set lists. Make it yeah, I was actually, actually about to. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys. Um, like, what goes you, into like the process of figuring out like what kind of energy you want to bring to a set? I mean, every type of first you got to look at the type of gig. Yeah, yeah. like let's just say you're and, like let's just say Colgate, one of your Colgate shows compared to uh, Fuckfest. Okay. Well, yeah, those are, th- those are actually th- similar. Those are pretty oh, okay. similar because um, there's like first off, are people there to get drunk and party? Are people there to hear and discover music are we going to be 
kind of background music. Is it older audiences? Yeah, is it going to be? Um, so I'll pull up a set list from uh, the Colgate one here. So the Colgate, every year we play uh, the Colgate uh yeah, every block party. <laughs> every past, oh, yeah. every past every years. past two years, <laughs> um, and they're a bunch of fraternity and sorority students um, who they don't have a music program at their school. I could tell. I could tell they they're not around live music frequently when we pl- we're playing there. So like, we try to throw in a lot of pop songs. So I see. Just we put in um. You should just read in that, that whole set. Yes, really I'll, I'll read out the set list. So we start with an opening jam. It's just improv, and then we go into our song that we call Sean Paul. Um, next song we play is Celestial Rainfuck with um, the Gorillas' Feel Good Ink Kinda in the middle like of it. Fused yeah, into it. That's yeah. awesome. Um, then after that we played Nirvana's Lithium. Um, then we played our One the working more. title, Fast New Song. <laughs> Um, after that, we did Crazy. I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor by the Arctic Monkeys that segued into Linkin Park's Numb, which segued into our song called Trump. Uh, after that, I've we played... i heard that one, too. It's good. Thank I you. I like that one. Thanks. Um, after that, we played uh, our song Cloud with... Um, we Are Going to Be Friends. We're Going to Be Friends by the White Stripes in intertwined okay. so that's pretty cool it seems like you guys really like do a lot of like on the fly kind of stuff yeah um we got the beatles all my lovin uh we mashed one of our songs up with Redbone by childish gambino we played exo tour life um really? we, we have this whole tour life that's i have this yeah. uh, I, I have this see. vocal pedal that i can do auto-tune with it okay. so it just sounds awesome. lit just like singing that shit. Um, it actually great. didn't work at that show but one of, one of my favorites um favorite parts of this show is um during the big rap part of young bull a lot of times we put in popular rap songs so one year we were there we put in kendrick's mad city okay this year we put in um kod by, K-O-D by j cole recently came out what yeah, you call it. um yeah so that was a show like that and then we play acoustic shows as well yeah actually Which one of the questions i want to ask more you. low key it's so like, how did, like, the, you guys said you have an underground music scene at Oneonta? Yeah. So is, is that really, like, you guys play at the local pubs? You, mm. like, there's a circuit, so, like, throughout everyone's basement? And how yeah. did that really influence you guys? There's there's definitely a big house show scene mm-hmm. up there. Um, and one of them is your house. Yeah, I was actually very lucky. My The house that I was living in for the, the past two years um, was a venue called the Dalla Bill. And we had actually taken really? it from so the... So what do you mean, like, a venue? So, a venue, in oh, yeah, quotations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you pretty much, like, like just a, a big-ass house. Big-ass, like, decrepit house that's falling apart <laughs> with a huge basement that's just, like, gross. And uh, we just cleaned it up. But we put, big. We put, yeah, we put rugs on, like, the area where the... Um, the the bands would be we put all this like blankets and foam yeah. padding ma- all over the walls on the walls mattress pads on the, walls mattress pads on the yeah. doors yeah lots of lots of soundproofing and um just like low-key promotion you know making like little facebook events private facebook events inviting people to it and advertising we make mm-hmm. flyers and stuff but but they get big um, yeah like too it, big. it was dangerous uh-huh, like it, it was it was really dangerous so we'd have way too many people in that small house hmm. um 
but it was definitely worth it, and <laughs> we made it out alive as long as... So there was... The dollar bill yeah. was ours. There's another... Good friends of ours run the spleen. Another was, basement. Um, um, what's the other one? Uh, cop frat. The dirty dozen. The dirty dozen. <laughs> um, they sound funny, but they're, they're important to the culture. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's um, cool, because those names kind of, like, stay over time. Yeah. Um, Wait, yeah, so people kind of, like, inherit the dollar bill, the spleen? Yeah. Okay. yeah. The like dollar you guys, bill, I'm assuming, inherited it from somebody else? Yeah, so the dollar bill is actually a very new venue. I inherited okay. it from these girls, and um, they were, they were doing a decent job, and I think we just, like, um, I was rooming with our bassist, Slade, Jake Slade, and we, to me and him together, just really uh, nice. brought it to the next level. You know, had some really... Had some really sick shows there. We we We've brought some, people up too. Yeah, like we brought some these guys from Albany called Entreband that are okay. blowing up right now. Um, A Long Island act called uh, Nonstop to Cairo. Yeah, and yeah, just it was it was cool. I think it was really important for me to be able to network, just having this yeah. venue in my own house and being able to offer shows mm-hmm. to bigger acts. Like a manager. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. much, and then also like so, I'd be putting managing these shows and then performing in them. Yeah, that's too. Right. sounds awesome. It was a good time, and it gives it gives people not that we're promoting this, but a place to drink alcohol and smoke pot as <laughs> they they do in college. Yeah, you can't do that in a regular venue. Yeah, yeah. and um, safe controlled environment, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very safe. We have fire extinguishers. Yeah, exactly. Exits. Mm-hmm. We had our, our working album Working stairs Working doors You guys are good Exactly We had our album release show Which was on 420 In In Nick's basement hmm. And we called it A lot it, of albums got released on 420 Yeah There was a KOD. lot KOD A lot of stuff happened on but 420 But we said We were, we said We announced it first So you know They all They all saw that we were doing it And obviously We called We called the event The Great Hot Box hmm. <laughs> Oh man also, would you guys like um, see like a lot of like townies coming in there too, or is it really just students? Not as much. Um, like, so the it, house shows is mostly students. Yeah, because ha- yeah. yeah, it's kind of it'd be like difficult for a townie to find out. Yeah, about okay. it, you know. But um, a lot of townies come to the the shows at like the Black Oak. And yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that's one of like the bars in town. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. And would you say like this like underground scene really like influences the town also? Kind of like, uh, yeah. just like kind of changes the energy of the town almost. Yeah, I mean the fact that it exists, the, 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 f- the fact that it's somewhere for for kids to go besides like a frat party or the bars. Like, here's another place if you're into music, if you're into like creative yeah. people and this variety of people. Like, it just kind of opened up a whole other and it's productive right, whole other side of the campus, like yeah. a whole other yeah. culture within the campus. And like exactly. be, being exposed nice. to all these different styles of music and having these. <clears throat> people as resources is like super inspiring. It's a great um, place to make a connection. A you make, yeah, you meet mm-hmm. other musicians, you form more bands with these musicians, meet Jam there. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all a really mm-hmm. awesome community and network. And um, a, a good friend of ours made a documentary about the music scene yeah. at their school. It's called um, We We Like It Here. Emily made it. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're featured on that. There's a lot of as cool. Long as there's other. a lot of cool footage out there. The music scene. Also, so speaking of your music scene, what was the inspiration for like Fuckfest? Where'd you come up with the name for that? I think I did. Yeah, that was you. Yeah, I, think I, I just mean, like 
off and the said, dome like, was like, you were just like, Fuck yeah, I was day. like, this is going to be the biggest, most hyped party. It's it's going to be a fuck fest, guys. And, and we we just knew that that was what it yeah. had to be called. So the first time we did it. It's like on the fly um, like decisions. Yeah. <laughs> The first time we did it, a lot of this has happened. <laughs> it was the week after a spring break. We had just put out a single. Our first sing- single was banger. It was St. Patrick's Day. We were celebrating my 21st birthday, and it was our first show in a while because we were really grinding in the studio at that time, and we just hyped it up so much mm-hmm. and had. Thankfully, I had really good friends that hyped it up for us, too. And and the set that we planned for that one was just, like, so... We played, like, 20 songs in an hour. Not not every song was full, but, like, 20 different songs, some hours, some covers. Mm-hmm. It was just a very intense burst of energy. Um, and then... A year later, we did Fuckfest 2, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> which I think was too big. <laughs> too yeah. many people. The cops came. Oh. But Dude. they didn't break it up. They just interrupted it. No, the only, reason, the only reason the cops were there was because some idiot that wasn't even at our party parked his car in front of someone's driveway, in front of some old man's driveway. So the cop was <laughs> on the street to deal with that. And then, of course, our house is right there. The whole house is, like, shaking and vibrating. It literally looked like a cartoon to me. Like, it was, like... (laughs) Um, You got to come out. It's like, everything's good in there. Yeah, so... Nothing's going on, man. Slade and I came out. (laughs) Dude, Slade... Someone someone runs onto the stage, too. Slade was lying through his teeth, yo. Yeah, someone ran the stage in the middle of the show. It was um, like, the cops are here, the cops are here. Yeah, our friend Joe, like, we're we're in the middle of playing... Oh, we had just went into Knights of Sidonia. We were like halfway. It was about to get sent. Yeah, it was like we were at a hundred percent. Everyone was rocking, and then Joe Rubia like comes like onto the stage and he starts tapping me and he's like saying something in my ear. So like, you can't hear anything. Yeah, I'm like There's what only there's only there's only one thing this kid is saying right now and I don't wanna Don't wanna hear it. Don't I don't wanna, wanna hear it. So it's I'm like gonna, a Schrodinger's cat. I'm just situation. gonna ignore him and then <laughs> and then I see him go to Slade. And then I see Slade just stop playing, and I'm, I knew, and I was, like, yeah. so upset. But, yo, so and we... And he goes upstairs. He runs upstairs. He goes through hundreds of people are in your basement. So this cop, this cop's like... Dude, are you on Tinder right now? Yeah, bro. I Dude, we're, my, we're in I get my swipes in. He took my phone away. <laughs> Um, How's the Tinder game going for you right now? Do you dude, like put it up on there? It's not like, important. We're t- dude, I <laughs> don't encourage <laughs> him. I low key market the band on Tinder. That's what I was about to say. Did you <laughs> like really just band. advertise the fact that you're a lead singer? Dude, I, the I got okay. someone. I got someone to buy a ticket to our show. <laughs> really? Through Tinder. So did you really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Anyways, were they good looking too? Like yeah, nice. Of course. Nice. He um, he runs upstairs through hundreds of people in the basement. Um, yo. Or let me take it from here because I, I was with Slate so we go outside and we're talking to this cop and this guy's like look like, I don't want to bust your chops like you guys didn't get a noise complaint I'm just here because this other guy um, but he's like you know it sounds really loud and you guys are likely to get a noise complaint and he's like you know like how many people are in there and Slade's just like uh like 30 <laughs> it's like there's like two to three hundred dude I swear I looked there. like Slade I looked at Slade like <laughs> <laughs> what like are you serious bro 
And then, uh, yeah, we just he was just like, all right, like, that's just a warning. If I have to come back, I'm going to have to write you guys a ticket. And then, <laughs> then we finished the show. He didn't come back. I mean, it's probably looks like, like fucking gods, too, just coming back. Like, we handled the cops. We're yeah. rocking on. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember. Um, it was great. I remember. Did you when a lot of people mosh in your basement or? Yeah. So a lot of moshing going on? Sometimes. It's, we, a, it's a rule, though. Yeah. Not to. Really? The, there's there's a no, the the cop frat was known for their moshing shows. The cop frat. Yeah, they they really tore their basement apart. Well, why were they uh, cop frats? What were they called? The cop? that's just kind of the name that was passed okay. down. Just the cop frat, just kind of funny. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like a frat. It's they cops. were like the most rowdiest guys too. That's funny. Yeah, shout out to them, <laughs> them boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we started playing again after the cops left was like the most fulfilling moment ever because it was like we're at the point of our set where we were about to like introduce the band and we're like all right like and we're the mariguanas and this is the first song we ever wrote it's called all along and like everyone knows that song because we've been playing it for so long and it has like a very sing-along chorus just like yes finally we're back at (laughs) fuck fest in my element Mm mm-hmm Rocking out with your cock out. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, whenever I go up for karaoke, I know this is probably nothing compared to you guys, but I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna rock out with my cock out right now. Mm. <laughs> Not gonna give a fuck what they say. That's good, man. That's what I do. You gotta stick it to the man. Exactly. School of rock. Stick it to the man who's trying to videotape me for Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, you know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, they're probably not listening. Pew, pew. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, so banger. That was one of your first like really popular songs. Yeah. What? Uh, what was the inspiration for that? Because mm-hmm. I know you're talking about a girl in it. So what? Oh, uh, I'm talking about two girls. Ooh. The Get hippie. The hippie girl and the city girl. Okay. Um. With the, with the, was the hippie girl a real girl? Was the city they're, girl a they're real both, girl? They're both real girls. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was. It, maybe it's two sides of the same girl, you know? Okay. It's really up for interpretation of the Okay, of I the see listener. what you're doing. All right. But it's, it's two different girls. All I, okay. all, all I can... T- <laughs> That's a fact. I just, I just feel like I, I realized it meant more than that the longer I've been playing it and looked mm-hmm. at the lyrics. Dude, because those lyrics, like... I literally wrote that shit so quick. We wrote that song so quick. It's a and good those, song, too. Those lyrics flowed out of me, like, instantly. Like, I, I was not thinking about it. And um, I remember when we were writing it, I was just feeling like there were so many different genres just being fused like, yeah. in that moment. Like, yeah. the chorus, like, I always felt like I was in, like, a Led Zeppelin state of mind, and then it was just totally not that. It was, like, reggae-ish, and it was, like... No, I got that vibe. Like, yeah, it was, like, I could have put, like, put up, like, a name on it. But, yeah, like, this classic rock, then, yeah, something else to it, too. Yeah. Um, I remember um, yeah, I remember was, we, we wrote the chorus first. We wrote the music for the chorus, and we're mm. like, yo, this is a banger. Yeah, that's that's how the name of the song mm-hmm. came about. Yeah. Is like <laughs> we got this we got this sixteen bars of music that are it's a banger, and I was like, all right, well, like this could be the chorus, and then the verse will have something simple, just like did did it did it did did it did. And Nick and was just, like, yes, I mean that that's like <laughs> no yeah. no you're like I mean that's like kind of basic, but it could work for now, and then it just it never left. It we're, stuck. We were I, I think we it, had a plan to think of something a little more intricate, but. I'm glad it's stuck. Yeah, it's it's it, a, it is it's, a basic. It's a riff. memorable line though. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scott rips a shredder in that one. Yeah, so that was our first single. So that's why people yeah. like knew about it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we literally put it out a day before the healthy junk food pops yes. out video came out. Let's get into and that, like, that healthy junk it, food video. That that the single wasn't like ready, you know, like we yeah. just we just had to record something and put it out because we had just formed. Like we yeah. literally had just officially decided to start being a band. We'd just gotten like one or two shows that weren't even like legit and the healthy junk food thing happened. So They uh, uh they came to a house show at the Dollar well, Bill. Let me let me give them the the full the full so the full rundown. Alright, so first of all, I'm living with like a bunch of people in this house and they were they found out that the healthy junk food people live there because they were just like my boys were having a catch outside with a football just in the street and then the healthy junk food people came out of their house and they were just like, Hey, you wanna be in our podcast? And uh they were like, Sure. So they were like on a podcast, um, with them and uh their names are Julia and JP, by the way, the mm-hmm. of Healthy Junk Food. And um great videos. Yeah, no, they're hilarious. And uh so then my roommates told me to, like take note and I was like, Word, like I should definitely try and like I checked mm-hmm. them out on YouTube, I saw how big they were and I was like, Oh, that's really dope. Like they live right across the street they from just me. Somehow walked into it. So then I was at I was at this uh well known restaurant in Oneonta called the Yellow Deli. And I remember the only reason I was going there was because I was supposed to go perform at some like hip hop show and then like I got there and it was over before I got there because I didn't get there on time or some shit. Like it that's was a, just that's a classic. It was just Nick a, Abushati. It was just a no, but like I was supposed to go last. Like I got there on time, but they like ended it because I wasn't there. It was it was uh. just stupid. So I was just kind of pissed, and I was like, I'm gonna go to Yellow Deli and get a freaking cinnamon roll and I feel better about it's myself. A goddamn cinnamon roll. Exactly. So I go in there and le- lo and behold, uh, JP and Julia are are there, and I just kind of like approached them. I was like, oh, I've seen you guys online, and then had like a really I'm authentic your next door neighbor. Yeah, a really authentic 30-minute conversation with them and then set up a meeting to go to their house and play my music for them. And um, so I remember I went to their house and I just went with my acoustic guitar and just played like a couple of my, my solo music. Mm-hmm. and um, Putting out some dismal chords. And <laughs> is that more, more like some reggae type reggae of stuff. Chord, putting out some reggae chords. Exactly. And... Uh, they I remember I just mentioned them I was like hey we're having a house show this upcoming weekend do you guys want to like come see my band and maybe like take a video of it maybe we can make some sort of video together and they were so like about it right away so um come the day of the show they um it was also like our the first like biggest big show yeah, we had it was like, our first big house show yeah I remember that was a first clip house of the video show. right yeah mm-hmm. um, and um before before that show we had a played to no more than 20 people i think yeah somehow we got, got mad fast. people at that event though there's mad people there well there, there's two other really popular bands oh yeah who else played secret secret, secret, beaches. secret beaches which is actually the band that we stole slate from yeah Ooh. Um, it's all right we love them too yeah they're still <laughs> okay active. we still like them yeah, yeah. We stole their. We didn't steal. We bases. we like we, we still like him. We didn't him. steal him. We sh- we share him. Okay. We share him. Yeah. And then you uh, get him on the weekends. We'll yeah. The days. <laughs> All right. And then a uh, smooth kaleidoscope was playing oh, too. Yeah, yeah, they were dope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like they just JP and Julia showed up with a camera and they came and they literally filmed the whole show. So then that happened and then they were getting ready to move to Florida. And then we had, like, a, a break, so we were home, and we were just trying to figure out a day that we can meet up with them to, like, finish the video and, like, make some sort of rid- yeah. ridiculous food item together. And then the and house then, nearly caught on fire. <laughs> well, they, uh, 
it was just crazy. I remember like we had just gotten back. It was the beginning of the semester and um, we were trying to arrange like a day at the, to do this. And they were like, they gave us a date and I was like, oh, we can't do that. And they were like, oh, um, we're going to Florida. We're moving the next day. So it's like we just had to make it happen. So we went and we went to their house and uh, we made a giant Pop-Tart with them. And it was freaking lit. And I just remember there was this crazy rush. Like, um, after we made that video with them, we were like, all right, we need to record a single and get it out. Like, because we have no yeah. music. We have no music online. And this video, they were like, this yeah. Pop Tart thing's about to send like thousands of people over to our account. So, yeah, I looked at the views for that. There was a million people that viewed it. That's yeah, crazy. A lot of people were saying, like, yo, up. the band was awesome, too. I don't know. This Shouts out to you guys. I could have cool. said, yo, the band is trash. It's YouTube. The, there was, get there terrible was, on there. There was a lot of negative comments, too. Oh, I'm I remember sure. seeing, like, I'm like sure. fuck these liberal hippies or some shit. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, so, that's a in, in relation to you guys creating uh, the songs, what's the, uh, like, learning process that goes into, like, uh, really, after you create the song, get the lyrics, like, okay, this is what we want to do? How do you, each of you, like, kind of figure out how to learn the song? Do you guys do it individually, or is it, like, the band does it all together the entire way? Well, we learn, we we write the song together. Yeah. And that's how we learn it. Um, we'll always, um, if we're writing a new song, we make sure to take a voice memo of it, like, before, mm -hmm. like, like... So you have it, like, for your own individual use? It's like, all right, this is what I what kind of want to sound like, then you get together, it's like... Exactly. So you talk about what he wanted, you talk about what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Just, like, something to refer to so we yeah. can remember um, what we did. Songs start one of two ways. Usually someone I brings... I say that. There's a lot of ways. Oh, I think it's either someone brings something in that we start on, or it starts from a jam. Yeah. Okay, that's um, that's a good way to break it down, yeah. And then so I'm bringing something. It sounds like a very broad. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Once we get the ball rolling, it starts to think of the different how we're gonna arrange the piece of music. Yeah, yeah. How there's which others, is other all collaborative and, effort. Yeah. Um. It's it's really not a. All right, next week, come in with your part. It's it's like it's all a collaborative effort. Um, which I like a lot better. We never really know when we're going to write a new song either. Like, it just happens. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times people come up with their parts. A lot of times someone will say, I think, you if should. I'm playing this, you should play this. It would be a nice contrast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need to keep the ball rolling. I think every every song of ours has a guitar solo. I was going to ask, like, how do you decide who gets what solo? Usually I could just tell yeah. if it cuz Scott has a really particular type of solo and so do I. Mm -hmm. I think usually I make the call I'm like yo I'm going to take a solo here Scott you're going to take a solo here. I think you're probably right. Um on the album I think you could always tell who's soloing. Mm -hmm. Scott's the the wah. Well, you'd have to see bends. us. You'd have to see us, you know. Yeah. To know but yeah, mm -hmm. once you know, you know. But it's a, yeah, it's very particular. Once you know, you know. Mm -hmm. So also, like, what was the first time you guys realized, like, damn, we got something here. We made it. The For me, it was we, the first rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. when we wrote yeah. all along, we were like, yeah. yo, yeah. like. So all along, potential. Gabe started playing this bass. Do 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 do. I was like, yo, Gabe, did you make that up? And he's like, yeah. I was like, just keep playing it. We're like, okay, it's decent. It's decent. 
Um, I have like a whatever part on it. Doom, 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 doom. Nick wrote some lyrics for it. And my lyrics went through a lot of changes. I remember because I wrote yeah. like a rap to it initially. I mean, you, guys, you guys didn't like what I wrote. I didn't like what I wrote. Either. Yeah, and this keep in mind this is the first ever time we're trying to write. Yeah, music. so you guys yeah. don't really have a developed chemistry yet. Yeah, exactly. So then, and then I was like, "Yo, okay, so this will be like the verse or whatever, and it's decent, but um, now I got to figure out like the chorus. Like this could go somewhere cool." Um, so we're thinking, I'm like, "All right, what if the verse ends? And, like, hold on to that that chord, the boom, 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 boom." And then Scott was playing around with something, and I, like, I knew Scott was on to something, and I was, like, thinking really hard. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I, I could taste what he's cooking. <laughs> I know there... And, and then Scott was doing something, and I was like, Scott, Scott, Scott. And I was like, play that, play that. And Scott played it, and I was like, all right, that's, like, the perfect like build-up. I was like, yo, keep playing the... And I'm going to do these chord changes underneath it. The... And then we had a really tight, catchy chorus. And then and Nick... That, that just came out of nowhere, too. Yeah, and... I just yeah. sang the note, and I was like, please look at me. Yeah, and then Nick came up with the perfect contrast of vocals and uh, the vocal melody and the and the actual lyrics. Um, and I think we were just so proud of that that it really motivated us to keep writing. So the next the next two songs were Trump and Banger. Yeah, those then, the, those are the original three Marijuana songs. Marijuana. Our first the first ever Mary original Marijuana show was only those three songs and, and it was actually my show covers right no it was it was yeah so it was, i had a, i had a show and i was playing with some other artists and it was my solo music as abu shadi and i wanted to use that opportunity to introduce the marijuana so i played like half a set to what i usually play and then i called the boys up and we did those three and i was i was on crutches i remember oh yeah i had like a a brained foot or something so i was literally like on stage like on a stool or some shit or like on one of my crutches and that shit was dope like so many people i remember came up to us after that and we're like yo that was really sick like you guys should play more shows and stuff and we're like yeah and so after the ball started ball like got rolling from that like you guys started doing more shows yeah. Would you say, like, it was difficult for, like, each of the band members to really commit, like, put their own personal projects to the side? Like, say, like, all right, this is it. The Marijuana's. Yeah. Yeah, it still is. <laughs> I mean, Gabe's not even in the band anymore because he couldn't commit. Well, he had he, well, he, had, he, he yeah. had bigger things he had to do. He, had yeah. to, he wanted to study abroad. Gabe, uh, yeah, Gabe did a semester in, um... Mm-hmm. Then he got slayed. In the Netherlands, yeah, which is why we lost him. So he did, he did a semester in the Netherlands... Um, and we had too much momentum to just pause. Yeah. And he got back a lot later than expected to. Yeah. So he was just hanging out. Um, and then he, he was the only one of us who wasn't a music student. He wasn't sure if he wanted to pursue music or, or what whatnot. Philosophy um, um, yeah, it's, it's always a struggle because we're, we were students at the time and had grown up knowing academics was to be the most important thing to put Mm -hmm. on our plate and then 
Then we realized it then was, we realized it was, it was a all a scam. Yeah. <laughs> then we realized, like, what's more important in my life that I do good on this marketing test <laughs> or that we put on a really... Or we market our show. <laughs> or we learn how to market a show mm-hmm. in the real world and make a performance that wants people to come back. Build and their brand, all yeah. that stuff. I mean, the way I got a uh, philosophy on college, it teaches about deadlines. Yeah. And about networking. Yeah. That's bad. The rest you got to learn in the real world. And that, I was pretty lucky to be, my, my dad kind of told me to that because I was at a point where I really wanted to, to drop out and he was just like, and one of my reasons was like, I'm just learning all this nonsense and like waste of time information that's outdated in my classes. And he was just like, I get it. Like, you're probably right. But like, you're not there for that. You're there to like, make connections you're there to learn how to balance all this stuff you're there to like you know be away from home and and kind of experience new stuff yeah exactly. at, a, at a certain point we but is it worth going that into debt to do that you know that's mm-hmm. the question. at a certain point i think we realized like this band should be the focus the focus of our time here because the way we're music industry students and we're learning all this stuff in in classes but it was also very well known that our professors had mentioned, like, mm-hmm. y- the way you really learn about this industry is being a part of it and the yep. experience. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, would you guys say it's like kind of a roadblock you guys face, really? Yeah. The, the I mean, being a student? Yeah. Wait, being a student versus, like, you know, being a performer in a way? Yeah. It's, yeah. It I mean, thankfully, you guys are also in a music program, so they really kind of encourage so you. It also to, like, provided that craft, yeah. Very 100%. important resources yeah, that we, we had, need. Like, we, we had the rehearsal studios. room and the studio. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look where we are right now. Yeah. This college radio station. Exactly. Yeah, so, it really yeah, helps no, out. It's great, great anemones. So, yeah, I'm. See the value in both super, sides. Super, super happy I went to that college. Me too. And, um. Oh, you guys just great. We've, always, we've always said if we ever won a Grammy, it would be dedicated to our college. <laughs> Did we. Who said that? Me. <laughs> you. I, yeah, we said <laughs> you weren't Oh, yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you were on your phone when I told you. You were on Tinder. I was probably yeah. on Tinder. <laughs> do you guys find, like, also, do you find, like, your jam sessions when you go on stage a way for you to soothe yourselves? Yes. Yeah, no, nah, live performance is one of my favorite things to do in the world. It, like, just like being able... a way to, like, meditate, kind of? Yeah, it's a flow state, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it really just puts you, like, that's all that matters. Yeah. You really just lose track of everything else going on. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun. Yeah, it's just it's just you and the and music I, and the crowd. I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't with these four... Like, it's, it's like, so... It's, like, the perfect thing when you're... You're killing a show, and the music is 100%, and then you look at, like, Scott or Slade or you, you and boy. they're just like, dude, Enjoy you're it. sending it right now. Like, <laughs> I sometimes sometimes in rehearsal, like, I'll take a solo, and Scott just starts screaming in excitement. He's like, <laughs> oh, dude, that was sick. Uh, it's funny. Dude, yeah, no, that'll happen to that'll happen to me to every one of you guys. Like, I'll just mm-hmm. there'll just be a moment, and I'm just like seeing Slade just like, yeah. and I'm like, dude, what? Or like Joey's just like getting so intricate, and like he's just in his own little world, and like doesn't realize how amazing he is. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I wish I could play drums like that. I think what makes our band what it is is that we all bounce off each other. Because mm-hmm. when you when you're playing music, you're you're having a conversation with the other people that you're playing with. 
And if you are comfortable conversing with those people, mm. the sparks fly. The frequency, yeah. man. Yeah. Speaking of which, like you guys jamming out, I know you brought your acoustic guitar. Do you guys want to do a little uh, sample for the viewers? Yeah. Kind of um, like uh, widen your... Most definitely. We uh we prepared a little ditty. Dude, oh yeah. Give me my phone. I'm gonna live stream this. Okay. For oh, you know, I've actually folks. been thinking about doing that myself. Start a Facebook live stream. Dude, you hundred percent should. Yeah, I gotta like you know what the problem is. I just deleted my Facebook, so I gotta like start one for the mirror. Not you should do it on. You should do it on Instagram. You should yeah, do yeah. it on Instagram instead, because I think uh, there's just more people our age are there. Yeah. We we have a friend who um runs a show, a radio oh, show yeah. at our school, and he live streams every week. No, just like uh, like, SPM production. Shout out. Should I do it from our Instagram? Um, sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think where you could set your phone up to do that. Like maybe right here, maybe. Yeah, I think. Oh, you also got like that cool like fidget thing. The thing is, it doesn't um, like the angle won't be good. I feel like maybe it will. Feel like David Letterman introducing the live (laughs) band now. I'm gonna start it now too, just so people can get into it. Is there a way to extend this? Ooh, give me one sec. Let me come over there. You're right. now live. Um, let me see. Or how's the how's the level on that? Oh, true. Let me just check that. Beautiful. I'm actually gonna turn you down a little bit so I can hear him too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, folks. This is what goes um, into engineering. Figuring hey, out the ready. red levels. How we doing? We better we better hit this. Live stream. That's Nick talking to his live stream in the podcast. Right now. Mm-hmm. In the podcast. In Shout the radio out Take station. No Shh. We in LIU Post. Alright, um, I'm ready when you are. This is a bad angle, but, um, it's alright. Um, this is a new song. Doesn't have a name. Okay. It's not on our album. So this <clears> is the <throat> only time you'll get to hear it for a while. There we go. Hello, Exclusivity. Hello, hello. I love it. Yeah. Wave. I'm going to wave at y'all. Alright, you ready? <laughs> hello, hello. Falling the rose in 
glass You were stalling But the beast had to pass He wanted to stay Oh, but he pushed her away Oh, he needed that space But where is that escape? Game of life we played Kiss of life we played For this in tears Doesn't need to be focused on you I know it's true You made me think I needed you And made me drink your poison too Well I'm renewed I found the juice We've lit the fuse Before I knew I found the truth I looked on through I found it's due Before I moved before I move on, move on Before I move Before I move on, move on You guys just rocked out with your cocks out. <laughs> no, that well, was awesome, out. guys. <laughs> well, goddamn, Sam, that was awesome. That's good Instagram. Wow. Chris Seifert says that's our best song. <laughs> that so was far. an awesome song. So far. You can hear it so on far. Take No Sh this Friday. Oh, no, I'm saying this is my podcast. It's going to come out <laughs> Friday. Yeah, just let them know. Uh, what was it? Take No Sh episode five coming out this Friday. Yo, so if you guys want to hear this full podcast, it's called Take No Shh, and it's coming out this Friday. This where, Friday. Where can they find it? Oh, you can find it on iTunes. Just type in WCWP. It's WC. going to be one of the first top podcasts you find there. We'll also post it on um, our SoundCloud and we'll YouTube. All right. It'll I be will. Up. It'll be up. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's all we got for you tonight. Bye. Have Peace. a good night. We with this, this homie mm -hmm. out here. LIU Post. Mm -hmm. Represent. Peace. Well, that was awesome. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. <laughs>
So I got we got eight viewers on that one. Wow, breaking the bank there, huh? That's cool. <laughs> That's dope. We were only on for a short amount of time, so. Mm-hmm. I'm actually posting a clip of it to my story too. Nice. Hope you guys don't mind. Please Not do, man. Please, Please do. do. Yeah, I never post my story either, so you guys are serious yourself special. But, that was um, um, Don Coolio. That was one of the harder songs to write, I remember. No, I bet. It sounded good, though. Like yeah. It seems like you guys put a lot of effort into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely something that's happened, which, you know, is natural, is just that the longer we've been writing, the more we're like, all right, we can't keep writing the same shit over and over. We, yeah, need, yeah. To, we need to expand. We need to make something that just sounds different than anything we've done. So mm-hmm. that's always the goal, I feel like, at this point. And some of this, the new songs we've been writing are just so out there and, like, I'm I'm really excited, man, to yeah. to record those songs because they're just the next they're the next level. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they'll um they'll translate better mm-hmm. to headphones and yeah. speakers or like the songs we wrote for the. Sure, Ruckus. That's gonna be awesome live too, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With they, the full actually, band. I forgot there oh, yeah. there is live footage of that song. Is there? Yeah, because we played it at that that Oak show that Mike oh, shot. Mm. Yeah, um, but my voice was shot, so it was yeah, it was not a good take. Didn't sound good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, when we first started writing and the songs we wrote for the Ruckus, we wrote we wrote those songs to play them live, and we wrote um, you know we wrote these songs to play at the shows that we were playing in the basements and at the bars, and I think. Um, for the next release we're going to do it's going to be more catered toward these songs are written for the release of the of the record so i'm excited so then you guys this has been a fantastic podcast actually, i actually only have a few more questions for you guys thank god one <laughs> one of them is yeah has the band, has everyone ever tried to mess with your band i know you were telling me this one Dude. time you guys were going to a music festival just turned out to be a bunch of drugs <laughs> in like some random house yeah that wasn't you know like i don't think the purpose was to mess with the yeah. band like they just didn't have their shit together okay like they were like we're gonna get like, like a lot of people think, here then I you guys are the only ones that showed up it was it was like so we got there and there was just a lot of very interesting like, characters interesting characters and like heavy illegal drugs that we don't touch going on and um this kid who was running, who was running it in quotations, just had no idea what was going on. He thought it was a different time of day, right? When you walked yeah. in, he like woke <laughs> the up. The first, the first words out of his mouth were like, "Hey, what's up? I just woke up from my Xanax nap. Are you guys the marijuanas?" Or like, "Yeah." He's like, so "You guys are like a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band," and I'm like, "And we're like." We're like, a real band. Like we write our own songs. We're not a cover band. You know. You know. You didn't just book a cover band, right? He's <laughs> like word, yeah, word. Like, He's like, um, and then the guy who was supposed to bring the monitors, they didn't have a mic or monitors. The guy was supposed to bring yeah. it, like just didn't bring so it. The he reason didn't, we never he didn't played, come. Yeah. And then like this guy who was running the event kept like blaming it on that guy, being like, "Oh, he's mad irresponsible." And I was just like, "So why did you ask him to yeah. bring up the <laughs> PA? Like you're irresponsible." Yeah, that's so, funny. Um, and like. It's, uh, the biggest bummer was that like, we thought we thought the show and the event was just gonna be like huge because yeah. that's how they hyped the it poster, up. The, the poster was put out the and poster then was a dope. few minutes after that, my friend from home texted me the poster and was like, Yo, is this your band from Word. school? And I was like, Guys, I think this is gonna be a real big and thing. He, I had seen and this kid had sent me a Snapchat, he's like, Yo, we have this whole tent set up. Let me get there, there's no tent set up. Like, I don't know what 
Snapchat he sent me, but it was a different tent at a different location. So nobody ever played the whole weekend. There yeah. was no live music there. But and there what, was supposed to be like twenty acts. Yeah. What made up for it though was that the next day we played Colgate for the yeah. first time and we were like, Alright, this is what we're really doing here. Yeah, like I don't know. We don't really have beef yeah. with people. Yeah. Well We've just we've <laughs> just been We've been like gotten into weird shit. Yeah. You were also telling me once you guys were about to fly out to California. Oh, they yeah. We weren't about them. to, oh, but we were, really we were considering it. Considering this, it, yeah. I met this guy at the, the NAM convention, the, what is it? The National, National Association of, of Music, Music Merchants, Merchants in, uh, in Anaheim, California. And I met this guy who's supposed to be really big up in the industry, and I'd seen him do this whole lecture, and I thought everything he's saying was super, like, woke and intelligent, and, like, I took mad notes from him. And then I talked to him after and got his connect and sent him our music. And then he responded. He was like, oh, the Marijuanas, who, like, these guys are dope. Like, Banger is awesome. So then I ended up oh, talking to him. Oh, he knew you for, uh, beforehand? No, like, he just, uh, okay. he heard the music I sent him. And then he was like, oh, like, I'm running this event. And it's, like, the pre-iHeart Awards showcase. And it's in California in the Gibson showroom. And he was just really hyping it up. But he wanted us to pay him, like, 1500 bucks. And he was saying that, that that was the low amount that we would pay him. He was like, don't tell anyone. Like, this is the low amount. Oh, uh, like, so I'm, he was a scammer, yeah. And it was just like, we're not going to pay 1500 bucks plus our freaking flights and hotel to come out and play, like, a 30-minute show at some place. At a failing business at a failing, venue. It was Gibson a failing business Gibson is, like, event. going bankrupt. Yeah, because <laughs> they suck. I don't want to say that, but... Blah, blah. Shots yeah. fired. Now we got beef. It's, come out, it's come no out Gibson. secret that they're... It's not no, good. It's no secret. It's a nice mm-hmm. pick, dude. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So time. my last question is for both of you individually. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously this is a pr- probably a pretty big journey for you guys so far. Thus far in your life, probably a pretty big event. Like, what would you, what would you guys say you took away from this? Like, what's, like, one big thing you guys really had to overcome? Like mm-hmm. a moral crossroad almost that you faced when you started this band or during the band? Like, what's something you guys really... I'll go first because I have something right here, which is just, um... um I'm really set on my solo music. So mm-hmm. before the band started, like I was very much like this yeah. is this is what I'm doing. Like I already knew like music is 100%. I'm a mm-hmm. rock star. Like that's yeah. in my blood. But the the band for like everything that we just described, like it all happened so quick mm-hmm. and it just blew up quicker than any other musical endeavor yeah. I've ever gone for. So like I'm always going to keep making my my solo music, but like the band in my eyes has become like this is the key like this is our everyone in this band like this is our key into the industry like um Mm -hmm. and so i guess for me it's been you know i have such a uh, a set way that i want to make my music and i have to kind of like work with others work with the band and really be like there's other opinions here other styles that are we're mixing we have to work together and just realize like this is what's working right now like this is where my focus should be you say you turned that almost into a positive like you think that helped you in a positive way yeah definitely and Mm -hmm. you know it's like showed you to like a bunch of new ways to look at it yeah okay a lot of new perspectives man um learned a lot of things about the music industry and being in a band and that but i think um i think the most important thing and lesson that i've learned is that people will actually give a shit and care um if you give a shit <laughs> if you give a shit and care yeah. <laughs> and um Facts. i'm really grateful for a lot of the relationships and moments this band 
has given me in my life. Yeah. I think mainly musical relationships. Um, don't film me right now. I'm just gonna take a picture, you dick. <laughs> now I'm distracted. <laughs> um, I think um, friendship is like a really important thing in my life. Um, Relationships are key. Yeah, and I think um, if you're playing music with someone, it's like it's a really different kind of relationship. It's like very strengthened, and um, like there there's a chemical and spiritual thing when you're playing with other people mm-hmm. that like connects you differently than those you're not playing music yeah. with. It's like a different kind of bond. Yeah. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, just creating those moments for people, I guess. And yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, it's been a fantastic podcast. Well, probably one of my personal favorites because of that little riff we did. Oh yeah. And um, unfortunately, we could, oh, could only have two out of the five. Best of health to the other ones. And this has been. Yeah, sorry, Scott was supposed to be here. I'm sorry if I promised that to anyone. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I was They'll all forgive you. He don't has the they didn't suds. even know until you brought it up. <laughs> he, we FaceTimed. <laughs> oh my God, we FaceTimed him <laughs> oh, earlier, man. and dude, he <laughs> was so sweaty. My poor, poor. Dude. He was shining. <laughs> That's terrible. But anyways, this has been this episode. Of Take no. Shh. I'll see you all next time. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.